Hey folks, we're back, and this week is part two, talking about my time in the darkness. If you didn't listen to part one, please go back and start there. This will make a lot more sense if you do. And be sure to listen all the way to the end of this episode, because Katie and I talk about something huge. This is the biggest undertaking of my life that I'm committing to, and it has everything to do with the darkness. Enjoy. Ooh, and you had said that death felt like an entity, like it's in the room now. And you have also said to me before that darkness is an entity. And you realized that in the retreat as well. Yeah. So can you talk more about that? Yeah. That's you guys are gonna listen to me like fumble fuck my way through this. If you're listening to this and you close your eyes and you put your hand over your eyes, so it's even more dark. For the first, if you did this for a day, I would project that you go, I just can't see. Now, here's where it gets interesting. If you opened your eyes and it was pitch dark, you can see, but you only see darkness. Does the difference make sense? Yeah. Right? In the first one, you just can't see. In the second, there was an entity in the room called darkness. And I don't know, I'm going to describe this probably poorly, but rather than describe like a bathtub, anybody who's been underwater in the ocean in any form, because of the vastness of it, and there's no walls, right? Like in the tub, you're like, I'm in the tub. I can feel it under my butt. I can blah, blah, blah. But imagine being underwater in the ocean where it's surrounding you or a lake where it's so deep that you're fully submerged that the water is like up your shorts in your crevices trying to get into orifices getting into your ear holes getting into your armpits getting into your mouth if you open your mouth up into your nostrils like the darkness did that and it took me a couple days to feel that that like this thing has gotten into me there is no part of me that's not surrounded by and penetrated with the entity of darkness. And that's exhausting. Or that's, there's now something to like rub up against, if that makes sense, Katie. Rather than like, oh, I can't see, but the room is light. That makes sense? It became something to have friction with. It became something that was, that would like wear on me. That's why I think this experience is so powerful. And I get people can blindfold themselves for a day and walk around their house or stay in a bedroom, but there's nothing like being submerged in darkness to make it more real, to make it more potent to have the qualities of darkness penetrate you as opposed to closing your eyes to the light. I don't know how else to say it, but that's what took it to depth. That's what fucked me up. That's what brought up all of the stuff from my past. That's what made me feel all the things I didn't want to feel. Like it had to get in there and get a hold of me. I had to lose the fight with darkness. That makes sense? Like for eight days, I held it off. I was like, you won't get me. I'm good here. I'm just bored. 
can't see. And then I lost the fight and it took over and it took me where it wanted me to go, where it, where it wanted to take me. And it started this whole emotional process and this insanity process and hallucinations and talking to people, having full-on conversations out loud with people who physically weren't in the room and being like, wow, that was a really good conversation. Or that was a really insightful conversation. Or fuck you for saying that to me. you know. Or thank you for saying that to me. It was very much like uh, psychedelics. Like, you know, I, oh, I talked to my mom on this trip. Oh, that's healed a bit for us. That's what the darkness brought out then later. It was like, cool. Once I have you, I get to, it gets to play its game with you or with me. I don't know exactly how I want to ask this, but so, so many people are afraid of the dark. Yeah. I'm afraid of the dark. Sure. And you now feel like darkness is home to you. Yeah. And so is there something that you could say to people about darkness that, that you'd love them to know? Perhaps like why they don't need to be afraid of it or like maybe just dive deeper into with your relationship with darkness? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Does that make sense? People are afraid of it because it holds every possibility, right? People are afraid of it because they can't control it. People are afraid of it because it creates the space for the worst of your imagination to come out. The greatest unknown and your greatest fear, right? I used to be afraid of the dark. I didn't like it. But at no point as an eight-year-old, or that's probably too young to say what I'm going to say, as a 22-year-old, if I had to go into a pitch black basement I wasn't like, ooh, I bet there's stacks of cash and naked women down here. I was like, no, fucking Jason from Friday the 13th is down here or like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, dude. So I wasn't thinking like, oh, I bet there's surfboards and Swedish fish. It's It was just horrible shit. So imagine having to sit in a room for a month with your biggest fears with your, the depth of your imagination that you don't even know is, is there. So you don't get to play with this level of fear and anxiety and creative fuckery and self-hatred and shadow because most of us get to turn on a light whenever we want to, metaphorically and otherwise, or that's reaching out to a friend or going for a walk or pulling ourselves out of the depth of our own depravity of our own darkness, for lack of a better word. You can't go anywhere here. There's nowhere to go, period, end of sentence. There's nothing to do. You can't, it is, as I said before, it's like being 50 feet underwater. It's like being a mile underwater. You're not gonna get, to, there is no surface. That's the difference though, like there is no surface. So you, you just have to make peace with it. You just have to go, if this thing kills me, it'll kill me, but it hasn't yet. And here we are again, and here we are again, and here we are again. And oh, that's the worst thought I've ever thought. And here I am okay. And here I am okay. Oh, here's a thought that's even worse than that. And here I am okay. And here I am okay. 
who am I? Who am I? Am I okay holding that thought? That thought came from me. Am I okay holding myself knowing that that came from me? Right? So the darkness is an illuminator. I know that's a real play on or an oxymoron, but it is an illuminator of everything you don't want to know about yourself. Like I thought the sickest shit I've ever thought in that room to the point where I was like, my God, I am insane. Or like, I am a horrible person. I am a serial killer. I'm a, a murderer and a, a torturer and a just a sick fuck. And then went, or that's just part of my potential. I have the ability, that's in me. It's not who I am, right? That, that's the question. Who am I? Who am I? Who am I? Oh, this is just a part of me. But guess what? Now I've seen it. Now I'm in relationship with it. Now I get to walk the world actually knowing that this is in me rather than pretending that it's not because fucking love and light and I, my religion doesn't allow me to fit. That's not a sin or my upbringing. Like we don't do this. We're from a, an, a middle-class family. We have family values. We don't think this way or whatever my own self view. I don't think this way. I'm a good educated young man. Nope. That's all in there. So if you're okay, or you have the capacity to learn to be okay with the deepest truth of who you are on both sides of the coin, on the light side, which most of us are, and then the dark side, which is so unexplored, this is the most valuable experience of your life, right? I remember coming out and it was maybe two years later or a year later, I was talking to Jamie Thompson, who you know, and was telling her about some of the experience of it. And some she's, she can hold anything. And I was telling her just some of the depravity of it, things I would jerk off to, things I would think about, things that, that were running through my mind. And I remember we were hiking and she stopped and goes, that's why I can trust you. Because you've actually put your hand on the dark. It's not an abstract concept. It's not a thing that I, I, I wouldn't do that. I can't do that. Look at me. I grew up this way. I was like, nope. I stood there ass fucking naked and put my hand on it and went, that's me. This is part of me. Now I have the choice to be in relationship with it or not. And I choose to be in relationship with it. I choose to find healthy ways to express it. I choose to speak about it quite openly in a lot of public forums without shame, without guilt, without with the little like knock asterisks of, oh, by the way, you all have a lot of this shit too. I'm just the only one willing to stand up and say it because I, I got to work through the, I shouldn't be, a sh this is just who I am, right? I got to unfuck myself and unplug myself from any shame, guilt, or, or negative view, right? And I had the, the beauty, this was maybe like, a, it's a divine setup. I read The Dark Side of the Light Chasers. If you've ever read that book, by I think it's Debbie Ford, Going Into the Dark. So on the plane there, I read The light side of the dark, or dark Side of the Light Chasers. And in that book, she talks about all of us having, you know, uh, a concentration camp guard in us, uh, abuser in us, an addict in us, a liar, a cheater, a, a, a murderer, a torture, like all of, like we all have the potential to be that. 
And I remember really struggling with that. Like, no, 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 no. I, I, I'm different, right? I'm, I'm, I'm enlightened in some way or like whatever reason, like I'm not that, which a lot of people, I get it. Like no one wants to say that. And there were pieces of that book where I was like, I don't know if I have that in me, right? Of like hurting children or, or real extreme stuff. But the book said, if you had been put in the situations that those people had been put in, if you had lived their life, you have the potential to do what they did. And, and that's okay. Now, people are going to hear this and be like, oh my God, you're excusing war and atrocities and abuse. And I'm not. But I got to touch it and have choice around it. And that's what I'd say most people who end up enacting it unconsciously or consciously don't. They've never admitted it. And if it got to a point where I was like, oh, wow, I need to do sick shit in the world, I would have taken myself to get help. I would have taken myself into a therapist's office. I did take myself into a therapist's office. Like, I'm not saying that this is like, go do this stuff or that it won't, or it may not, it, it may unearth things that you need help with. But to me, I'll go back to that that sentence, Katie. It is the it is the illuminator of of truth, of a layer of truth and a flavor of truth that most people will never touch. Since you said you had your hand on darkness and such a deep, profound experience with it, do you feel like you can perhaps see, feel, touch the darkness of other people? Yes. And can hold it and can hold it. Right. Um, and I know that upsets people, not the people that I can hold it for, but just the idea of, okay, I can see how you could do this. I don't excuse it. I don't condone it. I'm not happy you did it, but I get it. I feel it. It's so, it's so hard to articulate. It made me, it like opened up my radar to a lot of feeling, like a lot of gut level instinct. It like really blew my instinct open and my stomach open. And then for a couple of years, I had to shut that down. I was just like, I need to work. I need to make money. I need to run a business. I need to do logical, critical things. And I think since deciding to write the second, this, the third book or the book on it, as well as going through some stuff with Dewey and um, his training, it really has opened it back up to where I have more access or like a working access with it. I don't have to dampen it and put it down. Does that answer your question? Yeah. I think I'm also more curious is, can you, can you look at a person, work with a person, know a person and know what their particular darkness is? No. I just know they have it. And I've worked with a lot of people who have done things that they're not proud of. And the feeling I get is um, you're doing this as a way to force yourself to have relationship with the darkness because your darkness, because you've refused to do it otherwise. Now that could be people with 40 years of therapy practice may go, that's some pop psychology bullshit, but that's how I feel. And I watch people 
do shit in the shadows of their life, in the darkness of their lives, because they don't have relationship with it. I think everybody should have a relationship with it. It would be, I would be challenged to be in a really close relationship with anybody, friendship, romantic, otherwise, who refuses to look at that because it's unauthentic. It's, it's disingenuous. It's a bypass. Like we all have some level of it. Some people, it's on a gradient. Some people, it's 80 units out of the 100 units of who they are. Some people, it's five. But we all got some. So it's, it's, like the, it's another option, too, in working with people to feel it as opposed to like, gosh, I don't know why you're doing that either. Just stop doing that, right? And that's probably where I was five, six years ago as a coach or a mentor. It was like, hey, cut that shit out. Now it's go into that. What is this inviting you into? What truth is this trying to unearth in you? What if you did, you know, Jung talks about individuation as the marriage of dark and light. And that's, I think, a life, there's, there's, this is an uneducated thing to say, but I think there's layers to that. And there's that first time that you as a human go, yeah, I like to fucking choke people. Okay, cool. I can either get drunk in bars and wait till someone picks a fight with me and choke them out, or I can continue, I can start going to jujitsu again and I can get this thing worked with, right? Then it doesn't have a hold on me. Then I don't suddenly find myself in bars drinking, eye fucking someone, waiting them for me to be like, bro, what are you looking at? So that I can choke them, which I think is a lot of how a lot of people live, especially men. It's unconscious especially nice guys. Like I can't, I don't have that in me. Well, bro, let's look at your internet history. I think you do, right? It speaks otherwise. And it, it's often the most pious. I don't want to pick on the church, but how many people in leadership positions or positions of moral authority end up getting caught with a 12-year-old or end up getting caught doing something horrible with somebody else, right? It's also really been helpful. There's a sentence the brighter the light, the darker the shadow. And I work with and I'm around a lot of public people, people who have a spotlight on them. And I feel like one of the reasons I haven't burned uncivilized to the ground with the amount of attention that I get is because I do have that relationship with the darkness. And I have ways to alchemize and say, hey, I get it. The brighter this thing is, the more I'm going to want to fucking choke people. Cool. We're going to go to jujitsu three times a week from now on, as opposed to once a month. That makes sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. It makes. It, I hope it makes sense. Or I can write about it, right? Or I can write from it, from that place. I can. I don't sing. You can sing from that place. You can make art from that place. You can make love from that place. You can be in relationship from that place. You can cook from that place. You can write poetry from that place. But I think it needs to, it needs to, like, it, it's like the little kid. It needs to be seen, heard, felt, and met. When that happens, it calms down. My darkness calms down when I express it. When I don't, it builds. And it finds creative ways to try to fuck up my life. Since leaving the dark retreat, what has been the hardest 
mm, I should say the darkest thing that has come out into your life and how has your time in the dark helped with that? Like Does that make sense? Thing that's like what, what has a big piece of darkness that's come into your life since leaving? Can you define what you mean by I mean darkness? like suicide, mm. death. What has happened in your life? Not directly to you, mm. perhaps, but just around your life. And how has that experience helped that, helped you get through it? I'll answer the question differently first, because what's happened that it's been helpful with is that I went from being relatively unknown to kind of known and like a, a baby public figure. And that is its own trip. That's its own ride. It's different than someone dying. It's different than having your world crash down around you. I came out of that experience of having my world crash down around me. But building something that's public requires the same level. Hi, Sagey. Um, hi, baby. It requires the same level of access to the darkness. Does that make sense? Clearly it does. It really, really does. Because that is a test to be unpublic to public is a test of everything in the shadow. It's a test of everything in the dark of your life. It will illuminate everything. It will illuminate your relationships. It will illuminate which friendships are real, which aren't. Your relationship to money, your relationship to fame, relationship to power, relationship to sex, relationship to everything. And some hard things have happened. Some big things have happened. And even though they knocked me over, they didn't knock me back to drinking, right? They didn't knock me back to unconsciousness. They didn't knock me back to self-loathing or self-hatred or violence or any of the unconscious ways that I think these things that are natural in someone's life. People die, people pass, bad shit happens. Look at the fucking world we're living in right now, COVID. And they get to speak. So that's the biggest thing, Katie. Like a worldwide pandemic happened. And with the exception of, you know, a couple outbursts, because holy shit, what's going to happen here? I feel like emotionally, I was relatively unscathed. Like you may disagree as someone who was with me through a lot of it. Yeah, you know, yeah, I had a little bit of like a dose of hypochondria, perhaps, or I had 720 mild cases of COVID, which is probably more accurate, yeah. medically right. speaking. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, but it, it also let me look at COVID. It let me look at the pandemic from a different angle. It let me help people through it. Like my thought with it was like, let me serve through all of this. The world is now in darkness. But the problem is people don't have skill to, to, to work with it. They don't have an understanding of it. It's, it's a brand new entity in everybody's life. And look what happens. Suicide rates through the roof. Addiction rates through the roof. Domestic violence rates through the Every negative statistic went up. I think because people didn't really know how to deal with it. When I got to teach in it, run workshops in it, build a business in it. You know, I'm not saying it didn't affect me. It definitely affected me. But I think had I had it happen pre, you know, darkness, 
I would have been a fucking addict through it. I've been high every moment of every day, drinking every moment of every day. Like I wouldn't have been able to sit still. So that was, that was, that's probably the biggest piece. Yeah. Answered that better than how I asked it. So what was it like for you going back to the dark retreat and especially bringing me there with you? I remember being anxious on the way of like not knowing how I was going to react to it and having you there just added a reflective element. Like if I go there and I fall apart by myself, it's so be it. If I go there and it enrages me by myself, so be it. If I go there and knock on the door and I can't go in, so be it. So yeah, I remember like the boat ride. I think we took a boat or do we take, no, we took a tuk-tuk over from, yeah, from San Marcos. And so, and then I remember knocking on the door, having that dude open and seeing Bhakti. Remember the ashram dog? And that was like a big flood back of just a ton of memories. Like, wow, this is Bhakti. This is the dog that I saw. I have a picture of with Bhakti. Like two days after I came out, Bhakti was this, um, was she a, a golden? Yeah, a golden retriever that was on the property and stayed when the owners of the ashram left and went somewhere else or like moved. And so I remember walking down to see it and then seeing it and seeing that the roof had fallen and feeling like heart, heart broken. Like, why are they doing this? Why are they letting this space fall apart? Like, how come no one's taking care of this? This place is, is so important. It's so profound. Like, why isn't someone taking care of it? And then feeling, I'm not, it's kind of like, have you ever gone back to your elementary school? Probably. I remember going back to my elementary school and being like, man, the sinks are really low in the bathroom. <laughs> like the toilets are tiny. Everything seems so small. I remember it as this giant thing. And yet here it was, this, this simple dome structure. And then opening the door, ducking under, seeing the room, seeing the bathroom or the toilet, seeing the like the shelf where I'd put stuff, seeing the 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 door to the the food delivery place thing had like fallen off. And then I don't know if you remember, I just fell apart. I just started crying. Cause I remember thinking like this was so hard and I'd, I'd forgotten and I haven't romanticized it, but I imagine when we leave anything that's profoundly life-changingly difficult, there's a bit of a amnesia of, of selective amnesia of just like how often I cried in there, the depth of pain I had in there. The, the depth of loneliness and despair at times and hopelessness and just the intensity of it was overwhelming. And then the joy of someone in my life and the most important person in my life and the person I'm sharing my life with gets an inside view into something that five, six people on the planet have 10 people have been in, 20 people have been in, but I don't know them. I don't live with them. Right. So it was, it was a weird juxtaposition of like, I'm all fucked up in here. Why are there cracks in the wall? Why are they letting this place fall apart? 
And Katie, look, that's where I slept. That's the ladder that I came up and down. That's the toilet I used. That's the shower. Remember when I was telling you the story and the shower was here, like you actually getting, I don't know, it became more real. Uh, does that make sense? It's, yeah, instead of just a story that I have on some level polished and I have told professionally and I do tell professionally, but it was like, you could like touch the walls with me. Remember like hold, this is how small it was. I don't know if you remember, like when I shut the door, it was like, this is how dark it was. Video Right. Ooh. Like just how real. Yeah. So I think it was like being witnessed of like, now do you get it? I, one of my most important struggles is to be understood. I don't view the world the way a lot of people do. So I don't feel understood often. And my family of origin isn't like an understanding one with how I live and what, how I do the things. And on some level, not being understood is the price of how I live and how I want to live. But that also comes with a cost of... I don't feel understood a lot. So it was wonderful in that regard to have you there and have you get to see it. Like it's real. This is my teddy bear from when I was four. Do you want to touch it? Right. By the way, it has like razor hands. It'll, it'll fucking cut you. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Like I said at the beginning, it was just my heart completely open to you, getting to experience and see that with you getting to feel you being back in that space, getting to feel what it would be like. I mean, how we, we spent maybe 30 minutes there, if even that. Yeah. Uh, and when you shut the door, I was like, open it again. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> so just to feel what it would be like to be there for 28 days. Yeah. Wild. Are you open to sharing with the people what you plan on doing for your 49th birthday? Uh, I am. I am going back in. And I'm going to do, my goal is to do 49 days, which is the longest time you're allowed to do it. So seven weeks in the dark. And it's uh, an honor, honoring of that age of the last year before I turned 50, a full return to the dark. And not so much a challenge, but I know... Like I remember coming out and a week later being like, I was probably in there a week too long. That last one like fucked me up. And that was the point. Point wasn't just masochistic, but I wanted it to leave an indelible mark. Not just like I did this thing and it was kind of impactful and, and cool. Right. There's still a question in my mind of what else is there for the next three weeks and what's it like to do now when I'm not coming out of a divorce and fresh off a miscarriage and a business falling apart or a business partnership falling apart? I'm not in that stage of my life. Is there is the information going to be different? Because my trip last time was autobiographical. It was like down from day one of my life up until that point. There are different points of my life. And I got to put pieces together of my life. I got to see how my employment history had basically been a reaction to my upbringing. All of these different elements of my upbringing turned into jobs. I was a lifeguard, then I was a bodyguard, then I was a healer, then I was a professional fighter, then I was a strength and conditioning coach. 
like that colored things that were from my past. I wanted to know how to protect myself. I wanted to save people from drowning. I wanted to help people get healthy. I wanted to teach people how to be strong in the world. And I, I'm hoping, I have no idea, right? It's its own entity. But what will it show me about my future? What will it show me about, do I get to go even deeper? I know I'll go deeper. What's in there under the, the layers I've now piled upon that last experience, what's underneath them? And just what's, what's, what's waiting in the length of time, right? What happens on day 35? What happens on day 40, day 42, 43? Especially having had a relationship with it. Because last time, you know, I like fumbled around for a day or two, tried to figure out where the toilet was. How do you eat without being able to see your food? It's a really, it's a really interesting experience to not see your food, right? How do you brush your teeth? There's like stuff to kind of like logistically to figure out. I have a feeling with this next time, I'm going to walk in, they'll close the door and it's going to go, I'm home. Okay. What's seven weeks like at home? Yeah. Makes sense. It's perfect sense. So your 49th birthday is only a little more than a year away. So that's not much time. And I know you're the type of person who you probably won't feel it until it's much, much closer, maybe a couple of days away. But if there is one word to describe how you feel about meeting the darkness again, what would it be? I've already, I already feel it now. I feel that experience coming and I felt it from the day a week after I made the decision. I, it's, and it's not just an anxiety, it's an entity. I don't know how to articulate that. It's a knowing that like, okay, I have this thing coming. It's an initiation. You know, anybody who's done an initiation knows that it reorganizes you. And so my word, I don't know if I have a single word, Katie. Like I'm excited. I'm terrified. I'm bracing because it's like seven weeks is a long time. Think about that, right? 28 days was something like 2,400,000 seconds. That's a lot. Imagine counting to 2 million in the dark. That's a lot. It's unfathomable. People can't, I can't wrap my brain around it. And so, my brain doesn't know what to do with it. My brain will probably be like, yeah, 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 I'll get to that. You're right. Like the week before, I'll be like, shit, I need to buy sweatpants. I'm going in the dark. But already my soul and my heart and my body are preparing for it. And there are times when I'll get real quiet. And I'll, this is probably one of those times where you're like, what are you thinking? And I'm like, jujitsu. But I'm actually feeling it coming. And it scares the shit out of me. I will not be the same coming out seven weeks later. And I will probably have to go to battle with shit that I don't want to go to battle with. That's, that's the beauty and the curse of the dark. And I look forward to coming out and hugging you. I think that's different too. We have Sage. We have you. What's it, before I was all by myself. It will, it will just be a different experience. 
and I, I'm praying like a rich experience, you know, but it will be a profound experience either way. This, that experience informed so much of what I built afterwards, right? It informed how I wrote both of those books. It, inf it gave me permission to start Uncivilized. The fact even in the wording, there's like, there's a, a thing in it. There's an energy to it that's not dark, but it's fucking real. And the darkness last time, like, indoctrinated me into real. And so I'm really curious what this will indoctrinate me into, what will it will illuminate, and the price I'll have to pay to come out on the other side with that information, because I know what I had to pay the first time. I'm going to it's hard. It is a hard thing to do. Yeah, I'll leave it at that. Yeah, great question. Thank you. Thank you for interviewing me. For asking me. Thank you for asking me. You're so welcome. Folks, I hope you have enjoyed this. Please shoot me a message on Instagram or email me, traver at manuncivilized.com. If you have questions or if you have somewhere you'd like me to come share this story. I'm going to be doing a lot more public speaking next year as I write my next book. And so I want to get this story out. And there's so much to it. There's so many lessons from it that are applicable to audiences of all ages, genders, sizes, all the things. Thank you for listening to my tale. I love you guys. Have a great rest of your day. Cheers.